0: hello and welcome to for its earth the podcast that looks at all things nature environment climate change and sustainability and asks is there anything that you and i can do
1: to help save the planet a little bit i'm emma I'm Lloyd, and this week we are going to be digging down nice. and getting the dirt on um, this topic which has <laughs> been in the in the works for a while. Um, it's soil.
0: Yep, very, very nicely punned in. Superb. Oh, job.
1: it's um, such a fertile ground for puns.
0: <laughs> I've got absolutely no comeback. I'm trying to work out how to make compost funny and I just can't do it. I, I, I bow
1: down it's to you. It's just already funny. It doesn't need anything else. <laughs> you are
0: king of puns, though. You are king of puns.
1: We better move on because this uh, conversation is decaying already.
0: Oh, good Lord.
1: Um, there you go. Uh, I'm just <laughs> thinking of puns a whole episode now rather than actually facts. Okay, so um, should we start with some structure?
0: Yeah, go on then. Let's Let's start with our world famous segment. What one good thing have you done this week? We've got some cool stuff from listeners. But let's, let's go first, shall we? Let's set the bar really low and then they can, they can top us. What one good thing, Lloyd, have you done for the planet this week?
1: Uh, it's a pretty low bar this week. Uh, just some refills. Nice. Um, the, 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 the pretty standard hand washes and fabric conditioners and things. Um, I found another shop on our high street. They're popping up more and more. So my walking distance is becoming ever shorter to refill. So that's always Excellent. good. Excellent. The
0: more convenient it can be, the more likely people are to take it up. So super. I'm
1: waiting for some sort of like home delivery service where someone cut like a milk bottle service, but they come around <laughs> pick up your empties and then drop off some fabric conditioner the next day.
0: Hang on, that's my dream. This could be, yeah, I could see and that. Then you drive working. around a little
1: electric vehicle. I thought you meant that
0: plate. somebody would come along with like a giant tub and you could just stand outside at the door. and they can just like squirt it in and then you, yeah. That works as well, like a vent, like a mobile vending machine.
1: Don't speak too much because we might need to uh, patent this.
0: Yeah, let's let's keep that to ourselves. And one day you'll see us cycling the for what it's worth refill bus around a city. Bring out your refills.
1: <laughs> Bring out your refills. Uh,
0: no, that's that's a good one. Good thing though. Well done. Mine mine is um, one that I've done before. Uh, also, uh, after this, I'm going into town to go pick up some more baked goods. From uh using the app Olio, which um or too good to go, no, that's like yeah, too good to go, the app uh where bakeries and cafes and restaurants and whatever just um give away for slightly less money, things that haven't
1: sold during the day to stop them going in food waste. You find the best stuff, but I know why you said Olio originally because one of our listeners said uh they'd use olio didn't they
0: i I use olio as well, yeah, they're they're my two go-to's in terms of like food.
1: So our listeners have actually been doing better than us, Um, surprise, surprise, this week. So Harriet, first of all, well done, because you've recycled some old clothes uh, that weren't good enough to go to a charity shop, which is absolutely fair Mm. enough. I mean, I I know we talk about um, trying to reuse and repurpose, but if the clothes generally aren't good enough to be worn or repaired, then absolutely put them into recycle. That's absolutely fair enough. You know, if they've got pit stains, uh, maybe the dog's been at them, or some moths, I don't know what kind of, you know, what the living situation is, but... (laughs)
0: Yeah, basically, if you don't want to wear the clothes uh, and it's only because they don't really suit you anymore, they don't fit you, or you just don't really like them, then great, pop them to a charity shop. Somebody else might love them. But if you don't want to wear them because, yeah, they've got holes in them or they're in really bad shape, like, yeah, charity shops don't want to deal with them. They're already inundated with all of our junk. Get it in that recycling programme. There's often like boxes Especially in like, supermarkets. Especially over there, um, you, aren't there, big... lockdown. Oh, yeah, everybody doing their, um, their wardrobe purges. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure we did get to the point where charity shops were starting to ask people not to bring their clothes anymore because they really? just had too much to go through, oh, yeah? yeah. Just didn't have the space because people were just using it as an opportunity to, get to get clear rid. out. Yeah. And at that point, yeah, don't don't just give charity shops everything, please. No, definitely not. No, <laughs> things they can generally reuse. Um, so, well done, Harriet. Thank you for that one. Jack, you switched to a bank which doesn't invest in fossil fuels. Woo-hoo. Well done. That kind of follows on from our... Um, uh, pension pot yes, episode from make a few my money
0: matter weeks mm. ago.
1: Yeah, it's, it's obviously slightly different but it's the same general principle, isn't it? In that you can pretty much make your money go even further than the simple number in your bank account by reinvesting it in a different bank, a different um, business. Yeah. So well done. It's about
0: making sure that your hard-earned cash isn't undermining all of the good stuff that you do in your daily life yeah. by sitting in a bank that is just, you know, pummeling it into fossil fuels or
1: tobacco and stuff.
0: Put it put it somewhere where it is doing good and then all of your avenues align with your values, which is awesome. Yeah,
1: precisely. Precisely. Nice one, Jack. Thank (laughs) you. And Matthew, you emailed Hermes um, (laughs) in brackets fancy bag brand (laughs) had to google it (laughs) to protest against their large crocodile farm in australia now i've seen this a few times in the last week but i've been a bit too busy to research it do you know what the story is
0: i had to google it after seeing this on instagram as well because i was like oh gosh what are they doing and essentially i think that there is just a massive crocodile farm uh in australia which has made the news again Mm. um, because the australian farmer is like i'm not shutting this down i don't you know care about Uh, All of the animal rights, uh, welfare, and stuff. I'm making too much money to give a crap about all the bad publicity. So, good on you, Jack, for adding to the number of people that are making their voice known and uh, trying to tell brands that we're unhappy with how they're doing stuff.
1: Yeah, a very proactive thing to do. I think you've got one as well, Emma Revenue.
0: I have. So, um, lovely. We have a lovely listener called Matthew from UCLA in California who took the time to send us an email um very nice email i'm gonna read a little bit out oh, to you we,
1: we love emails
0: we do we don't always That's we them but we actually do they are so they're so nice honestly um and uh, i will email you back to let you know we've read this out on the podcast um he very kindly said i started listening a couple of weeks ago and this has easily become my favorite climate change podcast oh. i've put other podcasts aside and i've binged most of your episodes your podcast is the sole reason i bought some beyond meat beef in quotes." Uh, and I enjoyed it a lot. It tasted basically the same as regular meat. So yes, yes. Matthew from UCLA in California. Thanks so much. How cool. How cool. We um, we love those little ego-stroking uh, emails. Thanks very Absolutely.
1: much. Absolutely. Please send us as many nice words <laughs> as you can.
0: Tell us you love us. Make our day. Um, but he also followed that with a suggestion for One Good Fingers over on this side of the pond. Oh yeah, go on. He said that he'd found this this app called the Trees app, which didn't work for him over in America, but thought maybe we could give it a go and we could promote it over here. And it's essentially, and I've downloaded it just now and haven't had the chance to have a proper play with it. But what it looks like is it's an app that you download and basically you like answer a few questions a day and you have a quick look at their sponsors. But by doing that, it kind of generates enough revenue for the app to plant a tree. So every day you just answer three questions, quickly look at their sponsors and help them fund tree planting regeneration programs. So like a that really sounds awesome. easy, passive way to, you know, just when you're bored in a meeting or on the loo or something, you've got a few seconds. And what's that
1: called again? Trees app. The
0: trees app. Yeah, I'll pop a link the in the um, okay. podcast description for any of you to, to go and have a go.
1: Because oh, not all of Matt. us have
0: land and spades to dig trees into. So.
1: No, I certainly cool. don't.
0: No. So thanks very much, Matthew.
1: Yeah, thank you. Out that was done awesome. by listeners yes thank you to all our listeners uh, we love hearing what you're up to um it it validates us immensely
0: <laughs> we've come a long way in the last two years
1: oh we have we have Do you remember those first episodes where we just made made them up
0: where we just made them up
1: yeah you know it's just like oh our, our 100 listeners said that they did this yeah and now we and actually then it just have be like them. my mum <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> <laughs> oh oh thanks guys thanks for coming on this journey with us um but yeah, I think it's time that we uh, we dig into the topic then. Uh, yes, soil.
1: So, I'm so, super so, so excited. Soil. This is what we want to do for a little while, wasn't I it?
0: I have been team. Let's talk about soil for a long time. And if you, you've listened you literally to would episode, not shut up
1: about soil, I
0: just think it's really cool. In the same way that in episode 48 we talked about bogs, and I got really yeah. hot bothered about bogs, <laughs> I want to make soil sexy, right? Because I mean, a lot of the same kind of solutions and issues can be tied to soil and bogs, I guess, because they're yeah. kind of the same thing just in slightly different forms um and they have such an amazing potential to make us more resilient to capture climate to capture climate change to capture carbon to help us fight climate change yeah you know uh, regulate our water help prevent flooding and drought and actually boost biodiversity let alone feed us like soils are so important yeah and so useful to us if we look after them
1: and restore them. Well, it turns out that the issue of soil degradation is just as important as the climate crisis. Mm. So the issue hand of what's going hand. on beneath our feet is just as important as what's going on in
0: around our around us, all
1: around, around us. Around us. Yeah. Um, so you said you had a quiz for me before we start recording.
0: <gasps> I do. I thought we'd we'd start. I know you love a good stat, and there are some I fun love stats. stats. Fun stats associated with soil. So I thought, hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a quiz, and you you might well have come across some of these stats in your own in your own research. But um, I thought we'd give this a go. You
1: yeah, ready? of course. You- we're gonna make this podcast fun. We're gonna introduce new segments every week. Um, <laughs> we're gonna have guest celebrities on. We're going to go for gimmicks over substance. It, hey. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This
0: is an educational quiz. There's substance to this soil quiz. Of course, of
1: course there is, yeah. Good
0: Yeah, All right. but if anyone knows any guest celebrities, do send them our way. Hit um, me. Number one. How much carbon is stored in UK soils? Do you want a multiple choice?
1: Yes, please.
0: Yeah, okay. So how much carbon is stored in UK soils? Is it 5 billion tonnes of carbon, 10 billion tonnes of carbon, or 15 billion tonnes of carbon, do you think? Just ten, in the UK. Ten. It is 10. Well done. Ah. Nice. Okay, go on. All right. Say so you've got this one like master hectare learned. of soil. <laughs> your specialist subject is
1: soil. I've started, um, so I'll finish. <laughs>
0: you're right. We've got, you've got one hectare of soil. You're a farmer. And your one hectare has the potential to store and filter enough water for a thousand people. For how long? Could you one, water a one thousand people? One hectare of... One hectare of soil has yeah. the potential to store and filter enough water for a thousand people. For six months, or for nine months, or for 12 months?
1: Um, One hectare. For how many people?
0: A thousand people. That's a lot of people. There's a lot of people, and it's quite hard to visualise a hectare, and it's quite hard to figure out six how much water months? can be held in it. 12 months. Is it 12? An entire year. An entire year, one hectare. In one hectare? Healthy how big soil. is one hectare?
1: Don't know. I'm going to Google it. How big is a hectare?
0: But like most farms are measure, measured in hectares, So yeah. you say, oh, I've got a 50 acre it's farm. It's
1: 10,000 square metres for our non-ridiculous measurement friends. <laughs> 10,000 square metres.
0: So I think that is that's a mad. neat that's little so stat. Much water. Yeah, because I don't think you think about water when you think about soil, do
1: you? No. Very often, but
0: actually the, the two are very, they have a very fascinating and useful relationship. I mean, um, I, I, is... I do think
1: of it now, but that's because I've literally just done the research, but... <laughs> okay. Before? Yeah. No. No, I didn't yeah. correct. Well, now.
0: Now you know. Now you know.
1: All right. Okay. So, I've got one out of two. So one far. out of
0: two. You probably know this one, I reckon. I think this All one right. might it might have come up in previous episodes, but it's a good stat and I think we'll light the fire in our soul in our soil saving bellies. Um a UN official has stated that we have how many harvests left in the world based on the current state of oh, soil? I know this
1: one. Uh, mm. 60.
0: Yes, didn't even need the multiple... Yeah, 60 60, harvests. That's 60 years of uh, of being able to feed ourselves to some level, uh, which is absolutely bonkers. So speaking speaking of uh, soil degradation, how many football pitches of soil do you think that we lose every minute due to degradation? Football pitches per minute, which is, of course, the classic measurement for things like how yeah. many trees do we chop down in the rainforest? Yeah, because we're
1: literally incapable of thinking about it in any other way. No. Um, than... Hit me up
0: with some tennis courts. Um, 20 football pitches, <laughs> 30 te- um, football pitches, or 40 football pitches of soil every minute. 20? due to degradation. 30.
1: Wow. It's
0: quite, quite a big old chunk. That's quite scary.
1: That's, right, a how lot about... of... that, that's a lot of football pitches. That
0: is. That is a
1: lot of football pitches.
0: Okay, how about... There's also a
1: lot of tennis courts. <laughs>
0: Even more tennis courts. <laughs>
1: Even more tennis courts, would you believe? <laughs> Centre courts.
0: Um, right. How... Um, okay. Two, two, two more for you. So okay. hang on. How, okay. how many have you scored so far? Two? You're two out of four? Yeah.
1: All right, two, two more for you. How... Bang, average. <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> That's
0: absolutely rubbish. You're awesome and your life is awesome. <laughs> um, how much of the world's arable soil do you reckon are currently classified as degraded is it a quarter a third or a fifth of our global arable soil so stuff that we use for for farming and food production
1: uh, a quarter it's a third is it
0: 33 percent of all of our arable soil oh is degraded God, everything's
1: much worse than i thought
0: i know i'm really this is see this is why i thought the educational soil quiz could top the episode this is such a
1: depressing quiz oh
0: i'm sorry okay
1: well, right I do like harry potter and stuff
0: We could do a Harry Potter quiz, but I mean, the listeners might love it. We might lose a lot of listeners. We haven't branded ourselves as a Harry Potter Mm. climate change quiz, but maybe that's the crossover niche that we have been missing. Who knows? Right. Final one. Final one. How many organisms might there be in one gram of soil? That's a quarter of a tablespoon. How many different organisms? You want a stab or do you want a a multiple choice?
1: Mm. Multiple choice, please.
0: Okay. Is it 5 billion organisms? 8 billion Mm -hmm. organisms Mm -hmm. or 10 billion organisms in Mm -hmm. one gram of soil. Are you Googling Mm it? No,
1: no, I'm not. I'm thinking. Um, (laughs) I swear I'm thinking. Uh, So my research earlier, I saw that one handful of soil has more organisms in it than there are humans on the planet. Now, I can't remember how many humans are on the planet. I think it's about five or six billion.
0: I think we're on. I think we crossed seven billion, didn't we? For fear oh, of okay. giving you the answer.
1: Okay, there are more of us than than possible uh, than I thought. Um, what were the possible answers again? Five, eight, Five. or ten
0: billion organisms. All right, I'm gonna go for eight. Ten. 10 billion organisms Uh, in one gram of soil. How absolutely mad is that? And that's such a fun one to end on. I say fun, because it really highlights how important and like how rich our soils are in terms of life and diversity when we look after them properly. Like you might just like look at a teaspoon of soil and think, oh, lovely dirtness. It's actually just absolutely brimming with life. (laughs) Dirtness. That's a technical term. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the straight from the soil association website that is.
0: Yeah, that's what us Um, regenerative farmers use.
1: That was a really good quiz. Thank you. Oh, you're uh, so welcome. I was about to say, should we have a leaderboard? But then I feel like it's just going to be me on the leaderboard in various.
0: Well, you're you're welcome to write me a quiz.
1: I could do. There's
0: no rules about it, and I'm quite quite certain that you would probably win if we pitted us against each other. But you did well there. You did well.
1: I'm quite I'm quite pleased with that. Um, It it wouldn't exactly win me the university challenge, but.
0: uh... But you you are a marine biologist, not a soil biologist. Let's talk about soil itself, shall we? Let's talk about soil. Because you, um, you've told me that you've got a nice little descriptor of what actually soil is and how it works and structure. Structure of soil.
1: Yeah. So, um, first of all, it's important to say that 95% of food produced on the earth relies in, on soil mm. in some way, right? Uh, we have only got
0: 60 harvests left. <gasps>
1: we have only got 60 harvests left, so you better hurry up in brushing up on it. Soil out. Soil develops really gradually over time. So it's uh, not an instant thing that develops. So it's a combination of uh, bedrock from the Earth's surface that sort of weathers away and crumbles up. Uh, it's a combination of that and also decaying organic matter. So uh, plants and animals and uh, fungi, fungi depending on who you ask, um, and bacteria and things all decaying into organic matter, creating soil. And then the soil develops into layers Interestingly, the layers of soil is called a horizon. I didn't know that. Mm. So you get several no, horizons new on to top me as well. of each other.
0: And the one thing I do know is that there are six of them.
1: Six, six horizons. horizons,
0: and the bottom one is bedrock.
1: That's very cool. I feel like someone chose horizons to make it just seem a bit sexier.
0: Do you know what? It's
1: Mate, working. Fair,
0: fair enough. I'm into fair it. Enough.
1: Straight away, I'm hooked. Let's
0: let's get some some marketing principles into scientific communication.
1: <laughs> Lovely. And then the structure of the soil itself within those horizons, generally ranged into solids and gaps. So you've got uh, clumps together and then you've got poorer spaces within the soil. Now they're equally as important as each other. So the solids in the soil clump together and form something called aggregates. And then the gaps between the aggregates are then the poor spaces. If you're talking about agriculture, growing food, so like I said earlier, 95% of uh, food produced on earth relies on soil in some way. And for agriculture, growing that food, what we'd deem good soil for that has got a really continuous network of those porous spaces, those gaps in in the middle of it, uh, in amongst it, which allows uh, drainage of water. It allows um, movement of air through it, and it also allows root growth as well. Um, and the movement of all of the
0: microorganisms.
1: Yes, like earthworms and all sorts. We'll get onto earthworms later. Oh yeah, them. I'm keen to learn some some worm stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and the structure of the soil, uh, which we'll get onto later, but that can really be damaged by uh, farming practices and by poor land management generally. So, soil provides uh, goods and services essentially, and how well it provides those goods and services is basically linked to its structure and mm-hmm. its makeup. So, the soil will be, as I said, it will consist of organic matter, some minerals, gases, water, uh, provides um, anchorage for plants to grow into. It stores nutrients for these plants when they grow. It filters our water. So it doesn't just let water run through it. It filters Mm. it. It cleans it. It prevents flooding. Because Mm. if you haven't got those gaps in the soil, water will just run straight over the top. uh, And that's how you get flooding. That's how you get landslides. And Mm, particularly important in terms of like extreme
0: climate event or extreme climate related weather events that we're seeing. If our land isn't acting a bit like a sponge, then our rivers and our sewerage systems and everything that we have set up uh, badly um are just going to get overrun and we're going to end up with much more kind of human conflict with water yeah. as well aren't we so
1: yeah exactly and a huge one as i think you mentioned right at the beginning it's a huge huge carbon store as well so soil stores yes. twice as much carbon as the atmosphere that's mental
0: it's amazing it's such a fantastic carbon sink when healthy but yeah. the problem is when degraded not only does it stop becoming a carbon sink, it becomes a carbon source. So if we're not looking after our soils, if we're not looking after that structure, if we're not keeping that balance of nutrients and uh, life in it, um, it can actually emit a lot of the carbon that it has stored. Um, And to a vast amount, to the point that, you know, like the UN, everyone is worried about how much carbon is being lost from our increasingly degraded soils. And like you said, a lot of it comes from modern agriculture practices, doesn't it? So, you know, tilling the soil removing all your crop cover and only you know, planting genetically identical monocultures, using pesticides to accident, well, kill all the microorganisms in the soil, all of this can ruin the setup that you've described as a yeah. perfect soil nirvana and actually create a huge carbon source.
1: Perfect soil nirvana, I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think what's important to say is that you very clearly, when you list all those uh, goods and services and um, how will we have an effect on the soil? You realise that there are probably going to be a lots of positive feedback loops. Mm. So for example, if you um, till... So what I'll say is now tilling the soil. If we ever say tilling the soil, it's a farming practice where you effectively dig up the soil and churn it over uh, quite often because if you've got like really thick soils like clay, you need to break it up a bit. Um, So if you do that, for example, in soil that you shouldn't necessarily do it to, you can uh, disrupt uh, the, mic- the microorganisms in it. You can ruin the carbon store and the nutrient stores that are in that soil. And then in turn, you're going to um, lessen chances of a lot of plants growing, which might themselves be carbon stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've just got like, feedback loops going on in there. I imagine, I'm not a scientist.
0: Yeah, I'm one of the, um, can I talk about permafrost? I know I always pop in with a bit of permafrost where I can. So 12% um, of global soils is permafrost. So permafrost is permanently for ground that is frozen for more than two years on the trot without thawing. Yep. Um, and it's exactly it's exactly that. It's, it's an amazing carbon store, but the more that it melts the more that it thaws the more plant and microbial activity can happen in the active layer once it has thawed uh, and the more actual carbon can be released from these a lot of microbial activity in the soil does release carbon um, and and the way it normally works is that the plant will store the carbon and then the microbes in the soil basically um, they respire and they eat or break down the organic matter and will release carbon um, by doing that so if it's frozen It's the carbon is just locked away, but as more of it thaws and more of this microbial activity happens, uh, more carbon is kind of basically burped out of the earth back into the atmosphere. And it's exactly that feedback loop the more it thaws, the more it releases, the warmer the atmosphere gets, the more it thaws, the more it releases. And and that's a a horrible, wonderful example of a positive feedback loop.
1: Yeah. Uh, just bear in mind, we're trying to make soil science sexy. So when you use terms like burp it out of the soil, maybe you'll
0: get it Okay, what would have been a sexier term for uh,
1: methane release from soil? Actually, I suppose that's not what you want. So maybe you do want to say burped.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could have said fart, to be fair.
1: You, you could have, so thank you for that. You're um, very welcome. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so the stat in the quiz you gave me earlier, you said a third of the planet's land... Or soil is severely degraded, right?
0: Arable, yeah, the the third yeah. of the arable soil that, yeah,
1: yeah. So the the stat I've got is that twenty four billion tons of fertile soil are lost every year, oh. just through intensive farming.
0: See, intensive farming is interesting, isn't it? Because we, the entire point of it is to increase yield, but a lot of the practices that yeah. we use, like monocultures, like tons are of actually fertilizers, pretty destructive they, in the long term. Long term, do yeah. not increase yield at all and cause severe damage to the environment. So we're shifting towards regenerative agriculture, which is something I am super excited about.
1: Yeah. And so when actually, I win the
0: lottery and buy a massive farm, I'm gonna be a regenerative farmer.
1: Can we start to talk about earthworms?
0: Yes, please. Um, okay.
1: Yes. So I'll, I'll lead into this. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take your hand down statistics lane. So a pretty cool number I've got is that four out of five terrestrial species live in the soil. Wow. So terrestrial being like, on oh, no, it, not land, marine land based. or, or air-based. Um terra firma. Mm. T- That's terra cool. That is firma.
0: that is a lot. Yeah.
1: And some of those species are the humble earthworms. Love a worm. Of course. So um The gardener's friend. Don't don't you know that Charles Darwin himself um said that <clears throat> It may be doubted if there are any other animals which have played such an important part in the history of the world as these lowly organized creatures.
0: Oh, Darwin!
1: I think they might object to be called lowly.
0: I, th- I think that they're the pillars Interesting of that you the called
1: them organized, though. I don't know what you meant by organized. Are they lowly organized led? creatures.
0: I don't know much about. Do they elect um, leaders. Yeah, I don't. Do they have
1: <laughs> just structures. Democratic
0: right. worm society um yeah i don't know i don't know a huge amount about um kind of their community structure or how they or their behavior to be honest other than what they do for the soil
1: um yeah just like cl- clans of earthworms um but what he's saying is that earthworms are bloody important they are so important so the soil itself the structures because you've got all these clumps and gaps that actually creates a really diverse habitat for organisms like more diverse than you think because you look at soil and you think soil is a habitat but no because of the different sizes of gaps and the types of soil. You've got lots of different types of habitats Mm. within it. So earthworms are a good example of uh, ecosystem engineers. You might remember that from our biology degree back in the day. So those are organisms that can affect the ecosystem, affect the environment around them physically. Mm. So earthworms will burrow and burrow and burrow. Um, Some species can go down to around two or three metres creating holes as they go. They break down organic matter into smaller bits that then other organisms like
0: uh, uh, soil grumblings
1: and... can... Nematodes, thank you. Nematodes can uh, break down even further and use. Um, so they're incredibly important. Mm. And the presence of earthworms is li- linked to increased crop yields. Now we're talking about like f- tilling, for example, and farming practices. Tilling can just kill them outright because obviously you're physically digging up the soil with blades effectively mm. these earthworms help decompact the soil as well because when you've got really compacted soil soil that's really like clumped together mm. um, you're going to inhibit root growth you're going to reduce the water drainage you're going to reduce the amount of oxygen that can get into the soil and as we said if the water can't permeate through the soil then you get flooding as well so the earthworms provide us with a the service they provide plants with a service and again, us, because they're helping plants. But what I found really interesting, um, off the back of this, I found an article about... I shouldn't really laugh because it's not good. Um, is <laughs> But hey, you got to laugh, because we're only 60 harvests away from everyone dying. Uh, um, in the Arctic, they found invasive earthworms. Now, earthworms shouldn't really get that far north, because you? they haven't been there for about 20,000 years, naturally.
0: Are we talking like how far in the arctic
1: oh i don't know so i think like place like svalbard stuff like that um so pretty pretty far north not necessarily the iciest parts but um further north than norway i guess yeah um so they would have been brought along by humans of course so whether that's in shoe treads or as fishing bait or as soils that were imported into those areas for gardening Mm. um and there's research that suggests that earthworms could have the same effect on Arctic plant growth as a three degree C rise in temperature.
0: Oh, well, that is not what you want. Yeah. You don't want increased bioproductivity in the Arctic.
1: How interesting is that? That we earthworms are so critical for they, us, they but in the, in the wrong environment, not great.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, r- many reasons why they wouldn't be great up there. You don't want increased plant growth. You want yeah. low plant growth because you want the soils to stay frozen and you also want a very um, consistent white snow layer throughout the winter, which gets broken up when you have trees and scrub and therefore reflects less of the sun's energy back. And um,
1: yeah. It sounds like you spent a summer in in the Arctic. I like the Arctic. It's really cool.
0: (laughs) Well, no, but the Arctic, particularly what you said about the the three degree rise, the Arctic is a really interesting place to model climate change because it's warming at twice the rate of um, middle section of the earth. I've already forgotten that. Like the equator regions. Middle section of the earth, the mid- Lord. How dare I call myself the scientist. midriff? The midriff, the of belly the button of the earth, yeah. um, and also um, there are lots of experiments going on where they are artificially warming small parts of the Arctic with like little greenhouses, um, up to one to two or three degrees, uh, based on so you can kind of see what plant growth and things would happen. Yeah, um, it goes to show so it's, how it's complex exciting.
1: land management and resource management is, because well, you literally in, got yeah. to manage it sector by sector of the planet
0: you really do and it it plays in you remember when we were talking to joe middleton from uh, the woodland trust like it seems so easy to say let's stick plants here and trees here because that's a good thing but it's not it's always got to be on a case by case what habitat are you in and what ecosystem services do you need basis based on your for you to then decide which land management practice is is right and actually going to be helpful it's so fascinating
1: it really is um so yeah that's my little spiel about earthworms um they're very cool have we made soil sexy yet of, co- of course, we have.
0: <laughs> All right. M- moving on from worms, what do you want to talk? About? Do you want to talk about bacteria and fungi? While we're talking yes. about soil dwellers.
1: Yeah, so- soil dwellers. yeah. Yes.
0: So what you know? Um, obviously, b- bacteria um, are another key uh, degrader of stuff in soils and will help recycle nutrients. But um, fungi, fungi, you touched on that a little bit earlier. Um, are also incredibly important. So um. By disrupting the soil all the time, we are disrupting these amazing, massive, extensive fungal networks that exist in soil and they are essential for plant
1: growth. Which is something we've talked about before as well, isn't it? In, yeah. in terms of uh, the
0: wood wide web, ancient
1: it? woodlands and things mm. like that. We'll talk about HS2, the fact that you can't just replace ancient woodlands with brand new mm, growth necessarily, because as you say, there's so many networks of not just the fungi, but the, the bacteria. Um, Mm. and everything else besides
0: yeah so so the mycorrhizal network it's known as oh is say it again (laughs) the mycorrhizal network um is basically it's this it's a wonderful relationship between plants and fungi so the roots of the plants are in the soil and then the fungi will sit in these like nodes around the roots um and they will basically like take carbohydrates and sugars and things from the plant which the plant creates in photosynthesis and the plant is happy because Yes, it's taking its carbohydrates, but actually what it is providing in return is loads of nutrients from the soil, which the plant couldn't so easily access on its own. So it provides it really easy access for all of the goodness that's in the soil. So if we go around messing with our uh, mycorrhizal networks and our fungi and all of our bacteria and stuff in the soil, we basically inhibit the plant's ability to grow properly. Um, and these mycorrhizal networks, they're so there's like there's so much we still need to understand about them. That it's it's well I mean, to be honest, you could probably say that about most areas of science actually, couldn't you?
1: But can I suggest at this point sorry, uh, I should answer you your question, but can I suggest at this point that we um start putting these episodes on YouTube or something? Because I feel like the community is being deprived of Emma's hand movements (laughs) when she's (laughs) explaining something. Um, She's like picking things up from over there. She's like bringing them together. She's like
0: oh, synergizing
1: really? and fusing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm very expressive, I think, perhaps.
1: Yeah. All that's because right. you're a natural communicator. That's why.
0: <laughs> I'll put this clip on Instagram. Me trying to explain mycorrhizal networks. Yeah.
1: Because I, I just feel like people just switch off on my voice.
0: I don't think they Whereas do. We, we need no, hands. not at all. Not at all. Yeah that's true that's true so one maybe, day one day we'll um, do a live one where people can tune in yeah, and watch yeah. us record and one. That'd if
1: you're listening rewind that section and just picture flaming hands <laughs> and everything will be so much clearer
0: i'm just so excited about soil fungi okay it's a fascinating topic actually while we're at it have you watched fantastic fungi on netflix
1: no i didn't even know that was a right thing
0: add that to your weekend watch list. Listeners, this is it like I've fantastic got several for, documentaries that I would like you to
1: watch. Like different kinds of mushrooms teaming up against Silver Surfer, that it's sort of thing.
0: The Avengers mushroom style. No. It's a really it's a really cool documentary about um the different uh, kind of purposes and uses of fungi and just basically how diverse the fungi kingdom is. Um and the bit that it starts, it does do a bit about like magic mushrooms and mushrooms in terms of like uh their impact they could have on our biology and you know fighting depression and use in modern medicine but the beginning talks about the mycorrhizal network and how important fungi are for all life on earth and also it's just really charming interesting documentary so that's number one of three that i will recommend at different points throughout this podcast
1: there you go i'll pop a link i'll pop a link uh, to for uh, what it's earth book club not book club tv club
0: oh so many clubs that we need to set up
1: should we move on to solutions
0: yeah, let's go for it.
1: Um, unless you've got anything else you'd like to say to sexy up soil?
0: I mean, give me a platform.
1: Not that we need to. It kind of does itself. <laughs> we've we've um, done that. So yeah, as we said, like one of the main factors in degradation is intensive agriculture. Um, I think it's worth saying as well, before I move on to other solutions, is that more than 80% of the world's farmland is used to raise livestock. But that wow. provides only 18% of all calories consumed. Gosh. So, right off the bat, um, it plays into our previous discussions that we've mm. had on um, plant-based diets.
0: Oh, that's one of our
1: very early Ropey yeah, episodes. Yeah. Um, I've to dig that one back out from the archives. <laughs> should probably redo, redo that. Revisit. Revisit and update. With our heightened professionalism and increased um, our better sound Understanding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so scientists have said that the most important thing we need to do is obviously to protect... The existing healthy soils we have from damage. Degraded soils can be restored and you can do that by growing a diverse range of plants.
0: Mm, regenerative agriculture is regenerative a really interesting, interesting like land. Man- yeah so farming for produce but also for the soil and for soil and ecosystem regeneration.
1: Yeah, yeah so um, and also now I realise we're not going to have many farmers listening to our podcast that is a shame it's probably not likely so you know, some stuff i'm not going to talk about isn't necessarily directly relevant but i think it's very important for people to know what solutions can be implemented and i would say fairly easily um mm. so we can change farming practices to reduce tilling of the soil um now there's actually a growing movement in the uk and the us towards reduced tilling methods mm. So rather than constantly break up the soil, you just let it lie effectively. And you don't break up the uh, mycorrhizal mycorrhizal?
0: Mycorrhizal networks and microbial communities.
1: Thank you. Um, (laughs) And you don't uh, kill earthworms. You don't um, mess up those nutrient stores.
0: You allow the structure to remain. Yeah.
1: Exactly, and that could be coupled with cover crops. Did you mm. see that? So yeah, you grow crops, crops that aren't necessarily for farming, they're just general crops, general plants you use just to keep that soil intact and in place. And yeah, then that, when the that's time comes, really you important. replant your actual crop.
0: That's that's a really important point. I, one thing we haven't necessarily touched on is one of the reasons that a lot of soil can become degraded is a lot of, it can be left exposed. And just yeah. leaving ground exposed... Will basically allow more nutrients and things, and even like clumps of soil, to be washed away with weather and yep. to be dried out by the sun. Um, so yeah, particularly like you said, if you're harvesting a crop that you plant in spring and then you take up in autumn, you've got half the year where your your field is just left fallow. So pop in a cover crop. That could be a grass, or it could actually be something like a legume which fixes nitrogen into the soil so it has the added benefit of not only protecting the soil and acting like a cool blanket and also absorbing more water it also inputs more nutrients into the soil so that the next time you plant your cash crop the soil's in better condition yeah it's all about working with nature and finding a nature-based solution instead of just chucking fertilizer and pesticides at our fields and things they're not meant to have
1: exactly so i mean i'm clearly not a farmer nor do i have extensive knowledge of the farming industry uh how it it seems like it's it takes slightly more effort and a bit more thought and a bit more active management of the land but Mm. the payoffs are huge if you can do it
0: yeah it's not it's not always the easiest or the cheapest option Um, but long term um i think the regenerative farming movement is seeing the benefits in in a long term instead of a one-year cycle
1: yeah so Management practices, um, as we said, uh, no-till or reduced-till practices. Um, you can plant cover crops, plant hedgerows, for example, um, mm. which helps to lock in the soil. Uh, you can encourage more wildlife, such as earthworms, because we love earthworms, in the right place. Not in the Arctic. <laughs> Not in the yeah. Arctic, please. <laughs> All you Arctic farmers, put those worms back where they came from. Um, crop rotation as well yeah. can help. Um and less intensive rotational grazing as well because if mm. you graze a lot of livestock that has a very simple effect to tilling where you 're just absolutely trampling the land mm. effectively and ripping up or because obviously they're going uh, the livestock going to rip up the roots as well as the leaves quite often mm. and reducing chemical fertilisers and antibiotics in farming systems.
0: Mm. And a brilliant, here comes documentary recommendation number two, um, thing that you should watch, uh, particularly if, like me, your fantasy is to one day have a small small holding or something. Um, The Biggest Little Farm is the most charming but interesting story of uh, a couple in America who basically bought a plot of land. They wanted to become farmers and and the land was absolutely decimated by traditional modern arable farming. Um and it's basically their journey of using biological processes to regenerate really, really poor soil to create a really biodiverse and abundant farm. Um, you know, they've got like stone fruit, they've got livestock, they've got like just like a huge array of crops that they're putting out. But it'll be things like, okay they were experiencing really poor soil quality, so they planted all the cover crops. Uh, and then they had, like, loads of snails around their fruit trees, so they let their ducks into the paddock to eat the snails instead of trying to, like, kill them all off using chemical beans. Interesting. You know, it's, it's just really yeah, cool and yeah. it's really charming. That it's sounds, just set through the eyes of this young family. So it's
1: really lovely. That's sounds perfect, and I think that goes to show as well that we can intervene if, it if is, there's the yeah. will.
0: It's um, a very good case study. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, so generally it seems like... Uh, Governments and decision-making bodies are waking up to this. Um, Whatever you think of Michael Gove, even he made a speech a couple of years ago where he said that uh, soils are all important and they are degrading and things need to be done. I think he said something along the lines of countries can cope with um, civil wars and uh, social unrest, but no country can cope with the loss of its soil. Mm which is oddly poignant from, uh, from Michael Dove. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's good. So it sounds like it's heading through to government. and
0: It was part of the Sustainable Development Goals
1: as well, yes. which the UN um,
0: General Assembly in 2015 put together, which were designed to be the, and I quote, a blueprint to achieve a better and more sustainable future for all. And these are basically actions that are supposed to be achieved by 2030 by governments in the world and land degradation or reversing land degradation was one of the key sustainable development goals and you know they look through the lens of like economy and people as well as environment as well it just shows how important it is to all sectors
1: yeah and i think in the uk we are in the middle of new legislation being put forward to that effect i think they are looking at subsidies for farmers to start employing these management practices that we've talked about and starting to introduce subsidies that encourage farmers to think about social impact of their practices as well, which is very interesting. Mm. Um, 2015 was the International Year of Soils.
0: Oh, um, hello. Yeah, I know,
1: I missed that one. That wasn't on yeah. the calendar. But yeah, it, it it sounds like acknowledgement of the problem it is growing. Mm. Whether it's fast enough, I don't know. Perhaps not. So I was reading one article which a soil scientist said that generally um, any soil scientist in the world would start a presentation with two slides. The first one being, soils are more important than you think. And the second one being, we still don't know enough about the problem. Mm. And they're working very hard to address that second one.
0: Okay, now, Lloyd, you may be thinking, I'm not a farmer. What can I do
1: to I save think that our every soils?
0: Day. Yeah, me too. I
1: wake up like, I'm not a farmer today.
0: Uh, but tomorrow. yesterday, but perhaps in the future. Yeah, I mean... On a very micro scale, I I identify slightly with farmers uh, in the veg patch, but no, that is a completely uh, nothing compared to having an actual massive farm and making a big difference. And... My house plants die pretty regularly,
1: so I'm not going to touch a farm.
0: <laughs> I've still got but, a spider plant that me. was a baby of your spider plant that you gave me two years ago. I think mean, that's pretty, oh, good well, going. That... pretty good going. Yeah, that is. So if you are wondering, is there anything I can do to help save our soils? There are a few things which I've pinched from the Soil Association's website, um, because we do like to try and empower everyone and and feel as though we can do something good with our time and our energy and our money. So, step one, if you do have outdoor space, and if you do have somewhere you can whack in a compost bin, do some composting. Um, You know, it, it will boost soil organic carbon, it will promote microbial health in the soil, which in turn supports carbon storage, and it also means that less of your vegetable waste or, you know, cardboard and things that go in compost bin will then end up actually in like landfill or commercial ones. So it kind of narrows the loop, keeps things in your little ecosystem and can help your soil immediately next to you improve, which is nice. You can also mulch. So in the winter, when um, particularly if you're planting things that only like flower once in the spring and they don't have like a, a, a plantiness to them in the winter, um, keep, the co- keep the soil covered up. Uh, as we've said, like exposed soil can be washed away by the rain and nutrients can be lost. So you can either mulch them so leave like biodegradable material uh, like wood chippings uh, on it on the soil itself can help kind of protect it like a blanket um, and it also suppresses weeds, which is another good one, but it will you know help um manage to improve. Or prevent prevent erosion, or you can, as we said before, plant cover crops. So I popped a nasturtium underneath my tomatoes this year because the, I had to clear out the whole bed to fit the tomatoes in. So I popped a nasturtium in underneath. Very nice, very lovely and floral. And then, as you have kind of mentioned, uh, swapping where like farms will will. What's it called? Crop rotation. Rotational. Crop yep. rotation. You can do a form of that in your own patch uh, or even in your plant pots nice. if you just have plants. So you pots, can feel
1: like can, a real farmer. You can
0: crop rotate, move your plants, whether it's whether you are growing plants for food or whether you're just growing plants in general, all will add different things to the soil or use different things from the soil. So keep things moving helps to keep the soil uh, more balanced all the way around your ecosystem. Hmm. And then in terms of putting your putting your pound to good use. Support organic or regenerative farmers if you can. Yep. If you can afford, it. if you're in a supermarket, you can pick organic options. Often they're a bit more expensive there, which can be a bit of a barrier. But also, if you go to like your local greengrocers, very often they're locally grown. But you can find out yeah. which of those are organic or regenerative farmers. Um, which and is even really just cool.
1: going for things with like Rainforest Alliance logos, Fairtrade yes. logos, mm. you're more likely to get something that's responsibly and sustainably farmed. Not yeah. always, but more likely to.
0: Yeah. And of course, there's some, there's the the one that we normally end on would beat the drum of, you know, you can support petitions, you can write to your MP, yeah. you can join or support communities, a bit like the Soil Association, who work with farmers and they will help them trial or implement new farming like techniques which help improve their soil. So they help support our nation moving forward into regenerative practices. I'm <laughs> I'm doing the arms thing again. I'm waving practically at the screen. Vigorously. I'm rousing our digital audience because the final thing on my list is raise public awareness yeah the sexiness of soils the goodness of the brown stuff and i think that's what we're doing if you know
1: any farmers tell them
0: yo regenerate mate yo mate please (laughs) cringe yeah so there are you know there are a few things but you know um oh and the homework for this episode i've already mentioned two documentaries but by far my favorite slash one of the most informative that i've seen for a long time is Kiss the Ground, which is all entirely about soil. It's narrated by Woody Allen, which is great. Of course. Love his voice. Yep. And who, it's, who else
1: do you think of when you think of soil?
0: Right, exactly. And it's all about regenerative agriculture, and there's lots of resources on their website and stuff, but it basically stresses how important soil is and how huge the potential it has for yeah. being our ally in the climate and ecological crisis.
1: That's um, right. We're giving you homework.
0: It's, yeah, but you'll thank me for it because it's so good. Apart from at the end where there's this really cheesy bit with jason Moraz singing and some kids in the street with some signs just gloss over that bit just like a bit american but but at its core it's um at its roots it's really good documentary about soil they've made soil interesting and relevant so go
1: and watch kiss the ground there we are um i hope you've had enough of our puns for today and we've gotten our hands dirty but in a good kind of way Mm. Uh, and i have really enjoyed this episode because soils are awesome
0: i think soil is very cool
1: and we hope we've made soil sexy for you I, was, um, I mean if the
0: soil association don't knock on our door soon and say can you be an ambassador for our soil program Twenty Twenty One. yeah absolutely um listen for more nonsense from us of course you can find us on social media or on instagram mm-hmm. facebook mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and twitter just search for what it's earth podcast um drop us an email because we absolutely yep. love hearing from you um
1: yes we do Please. For,
0: yeah, for what is earthpod at gmail.com.
1: We don't talk to a lot of people, so this is what we rely on. This is our outlet. Uh yeah. and other than that, um everything we say, of course, is uh from our own little brains, um, straight to your ears, so no- nothing to do with our respective employers, uh, friends, family, etc. Mm-hmm. Um just us. All us. Uh other than that, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another hard hitting um, Vice like documentary. Soon,
0: we will indeed. We will see you. See you soon. Yeah, go and look after your soil.
1: Soil, soil you soon.
0: Oh God,
1: (laughs) be gross.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.